Today's sponsor is Headspace. You slept every night of your life, so you should be pretty good at it by now, right? Unfortunately, many of us don't get the quality sleep that we need and could use a little bit of help, and that's where Headspace has got you covered. It's your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. And while they have meditations devoted to helping you reduce stress and increase your overall sense of well-being, they have an entire library of sleep stories, sleep music, and other sleep sounds that can help you get the quality sleep you desperately need. And for busy lifestyles, they have what's called wind downs. It's meditations and breathing exercises that are as short as three minutes so they can fit into anybody's schedule. I personally use Headspace myself. I've tried out some of the sleep stuff. It actually works. Like to me, it actually makes a difference. So Headspace, it's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews. That's a lot. And over 60 million downloads. Try it today for free and start sleeping soundly. So right now, our listeners get 30% off Headspace's entire library of meditations. Just go to headspace.com slash sleep pod for 30% off your subscription, but only until May 12th. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash sleep pod today. At the end of 2020, I launched a brand new project, and this had nothing to do with business. In fact, it was completely on the side, and most people who saw me go down this route told me I was a little bit crazy. Crazy because I already have a lot of other things going on. I have a family, and that's really important, obviously. I have a business to take care of, a team. In fact, I have a few businesses. I advise other companies too, and those are important. However, I have that itch that many of us have, which is the entrepreneurial itch. And it's not the one in the crevice that you can't reach, it's the one that actually you can. That sounded really weird, but anyway, you know what I mean? It's like we all have the opportunity to create new things, to try new things, and there needs to be a balance if you indeed have this itch and you wanna try something new versus continuing to say yes to the things that you've already said yes to because I think we can all relate to the fact that sometimes we see new opportunities, we jump on them, and leave behind the other opportunities that we had once jumped toward as well, thus not really getting anywhere. So how do we manage this? What is this project? Why did I even do it? How is it even going? All that and more today in this episode, a solo episode of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Let's hit the intro. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now, so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he claims he's going to double the size of his YouTube channel in 2021. We'll see. Pat Flynn. Hey, what's up? It's Pat Flynn here. Welcome to episode 463 of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. My name is Pat Flynn here to help you make more money, save more time, and help more people too. And today I'm talking about a special project that happened at the end of last year that I'm still doing right now at the time of this recording. In fact, it'll be really interesting to see once I share some of the numbers with you. Yes, there are numbers involved and where those numbers are today. So let me just reveal what this side project is and then I'll get into the details of how and of course why and am I even crazy? You might think I am once I say this, but I started a new YouTube channel. And no, I'm not talking about the Smart Passive Income YouTube channel separate from my Pat Flynn channel, the one that's mostly managed by my team for us to be a library of resources for you. That's coming out or at least maybe at this time has already come out, but that's not what I'm talking about. Like I said, this has nothing to do with business. I'm talking about my brand new hobby based YouTube channel. It's in the realm of Pokemon card collecting. That's right. I started a Pokemon card collecting YouTube channel. It's called Deep Pocket Monster 
because Pokemon actually means pocket monster, but I had a little fun with the title, Deep Pocket, as in I'm investing. And that is actually true. I am investing in this hobby. Now, a little bit of background before I get into the details of what I'm creating, how I'm positioning myself, how I was able to launch this thing and make some noise in the industry already to the point where I'm even getting, as a Pokemon collector, brand new by the way, I wasn't into Pokemon before, I'm getting invited onto other people's podcasts to talk about my collection, which is really strange, especially when you're invited on a podcast and you're talking with a guy named Pokemon Radar for two hours about Pokemon cards and collectibles. And I gotta tell you, just zooming out a little bit, I'm having so much fun. But I say that with a warning, because a lot of us wanna do all the fun things. But in order for me to fit this into my busy life, to my business life, to my personal life, and still be able to manage all the other things and still stay sane and not overwhelmed, I had to implore what I like to call the 20% itch rule. And maybe you've heard this before, perhaps you were in San Diego a couple of years ago for FlynnCon where I revealed this strategy. This is a strategy that I used to launch the SwitchPod with my buddy and partner, Caleb. And that business is, by the way, going very well. We should be doing an upcoming episode here on the podcast to give you a quick update on some of the fun things that have been happening with that business, but we'll save that for later. Today, we're talking Pokemon. (laughs) But the 20% itch rule is this idea that, okay, if you are somebody who, like me, wants to do all the things, first of all, realizing that you can't do all the things, but you can also stick to just one. And there's a book out there that I've talked about before. It's called The One Thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. And that is a fantastic book. It really tells you the consequence of what it's like to divide your energy across multiple different things. And when you do that, nothing has a chance to succeed. But at the same time, when I tried to do the one thing, I always felt like something was missing. I always felt like I I at least wanted to have something to give myself some breathing room from the one thing that I was doing to give myself some pause or some some space, if you will. And over time, when I've learned about this, and it's not anything new, I didn't create this, I didn't make this up. This was in fact something I learned from people like Gary Vaynerchuk, Ramit Sethi, even Google implores this 20% itch rule. It's allowed me to scratch that itch, but in a controlled and contained manner. So what is this 20% itch rule? Well, I dedicate 80% of my time to all the things that I've already said yes to, the things that I know I am responsible for, that includes obviously my team, my family, like all the things that I'm supposed to do, I make sure I do it. But I wanna do it efficiently so that that's 80% of my time, all my responsibilities, opening up then 20% of my time to play around, to experiment, to try new things without the worry of failure. Because if I were to not have this rule, not have these boundaries, not have this constraint, Well, then what would happen? I might go all in with this new thing, completely leave everything else behind, and I might find that I wanna do this new thing and I just am fully 100% vested into the things I've already said yes to and now I'm feeling, I don't know, unfulfilled. And I don't want that either. So this 80-20 rule, the 20% itch rule, Ramit Sethi does it where Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, He's working on all the things he needs to work on. Friday is his day to explore, to try new ideas, to experiment, and that's where a lot of his business ideas come from is literally Friday. Gary Vaynerchuk talks about this when it comes to new social media platforms. The idea that, okay, you gotta spend 80% of your time on all the places you know you need to spend time on. Whatever your primary social media platforms are, great, spend time there. But you should also reserve some time for some of the new things that have come out. Earlier this year, I did that with Clubhouse, and that's been going very well, by the way. 
Hello, fellow clubhousers. If you'd like to follow me there, at Pat Flynn is my username there, and it's really fun. But at the same time, we think about Google. And you may have heard this before, where Google will, in fact, allow their employees 20% of their time to just kind of chill out and try new things and experiment and build and advance on some stuff that isn't really a part of what they're supposed to do. But that's where a lot of really cool new things have come about. I believe Gmail was a part of that 20% itch rule for somebody over at Google. So for me in my life, I try to save 80% of my time for the things I know I need to do and allow for 20% of time for the things that are fun and experimental, where if I fail, that's okay. Because I still got the 80% and I'm scratching that itch and it's making me feel good, (laughs) right? And so let's talk about this in terms of the switch pod. Back in 2017, 2018, 2019, That's really what my 20% of my extra time was dedicated to, to learning how to build a physical product, to partner with Caleb and manufacture this thing, to run a Kickstarter campaign to the tune of over 4,000 backers, which was in February of 2019. We launched and we had earned over $415,000. But that took a long time. That was two years, a lot of prototypes, 13 or 14 prototypes, going to events, sharing it with people. And again, 20% of my time was dedicated to that. And it worked out. In many other cases, my 20% of time building niche sites or other fun little side projects that, again, allows me to scratch that itch and feel good, have completely failed and fall flat on their face. For example, I bought a website once, yes, an existing website in the golf space, thinking that I could rehash it and turn it into something great, and then I just fell flat on it. I just did not have the energy, and perhaps I was chasing the money a little bit there, which is always not a great thing to start with in terms of why are you doing this, but I saw an opportunity, I went on it, dedicated some time to learn how to flip websites and it didn't work out and it didn't really go anywhere. So that was an example of a failure. Not always does it work out, but I still was able to move forward in my other responsibilities and my other business. So let's go back to Pokemon. Deep Pocket Monster on YouTube if you wanna see it. And by the time of this recording or at the time of this recording, we are at 1,300 subscribers, which is pretty darn cool to be able to get that actually within two weeks. Yes, I launched the new YouTube channel and within two weeks, and I promise you, these aren't all just followers of mine who saw me on my live streams and who saw me talk about it. No, 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 some of them, yeah. So let's say even a thousand. I know they're into Pokemon because they're comments, because they're sharing it, because I'm getting spoken about in this space already. So this is how I've been able to find the time. Now, why Pokemon though? Well, it's interesting. There's a little bit of a backstory here and it takes us back to, 2019, sort of around August, and I was in London with one of my best friends, Chris Ducker, a four-timer here on the show, and he and I were with our families. We were enjoying some time together in England, and Pokemon was a craze that his son, Charlie, was really into, and Chris was in it as well. My son, my daughter, my wife, and I were really not into it at all but we saw the fun they were having, opening up packs, talking about the cards, the artwork. I remember watching Pokemon when I was a kid, and actually my most distant memory of Pokemon was when I worked at Toys R Us. And that was actually related to the cards because when I was 17 years old, I worked at Toys R Us, and every Saturday, all these six to 12-year-olds came in with their cards dirtied up, wrapped in a rubber band, put it in their pocket, they're playing with each other, the trading card game, and I was responsible for making sure there were no fights and that everybody was playing fairly and, you know, 
stacking the tables after the day was over, that sort of thing. That was my role. But I just have vivid memories of these cards and not really thinking anything of them. And so it brought back those memories and I was like, you know what, this this might be kind of fun. So we bought some packs in England and we opened them up as a family. We had a really good time. And when we got back to San Diego, I started to buy a few more packs and open them up. And I finished a collection actually of a set called Unified Minds, just like a hundred and some odd cards in there. We ended up getting them all. So I did catch them all. And then I kind of just let it sit. I also went on eBay and I found some really cool looking cards that I found. There was a card that was sort of a crossover between Mario and Pikachu. It was a promotional card that was actually given out in 2016. And I bought the set of four of these Mario Pikachu promo cards for $600. It's the most I've ever spent on a collectible other than things related to Back to the Future. And again, I liked them. Had no purpose of like making it an investment or anything. It's just I like them. Well, fast forward to 2020, post-pandemic or, or during pandemic, if you will, and a lot of people being able to stay at home, thinking of things to do, a huge boom in the collectibles industry. And I go and check the prices of these Mario cards. Again, I bought them for $600 total for all four of them. I see the prices and they're over $4,000. And I'm like, what? Are you, this, this is just cardboard. It's literally just cardboard that some of them look pretty. And then I started to dive deeper. Some of the cards that I had in that set that I had had risen in 300 to 1,000%. I ended up taking one of those cards and getting it graded. Getting it graded means it gets authenticated with a company. The one that most people use is called Professional Sports Authentication. And I ended up getting this card back. It came back a nine out of 10, which is still pretty good. And that increased the value of the card by a few hundred percent, just getting it authenticated, just that alone. And I was like, whoa, okay, okay. So then I started to go into YouTube and I started to find a lot of people who were talking about their investments, their collections, and then I fell into the rabbit hole. Of course, still dedicating time to my business and my family, but any downtime I had, I wasn't watching videos about memes or anything like that anymore. I was watching videos about the Pokemon market and the industry. And then something really interesting happened. There's a man, his name's Logan Paul, I'm not a huge fan of him at all for some things that he did a few years back, but he did something kind of interesting. In mid-2020, he ended up purchasing a box of cards for over $300,000, and then he ended up creating a really huge event around them, and a lot of Pokemon community got involved, and it created a lot of hype in the space, and then the card prices started going up even more. And I started hearing more and more people getting into the industry. I started getting involved in Reddit and seeing more and more people my age, mid-30s, going, wow, I haven't opened up a pack in 20 years. This is nostalgic. I mean, we could have a whole conversation about emotion and nostalgia and how that sells, but that's not what we're talking about today. But this is where my fandom for Pokemon came into play. And the beauty of this is this is something that I can also do with my kids. So they're buying packs. I'm buying packs. My son's collecting gold cards. That's sort of a special division of cards within the Pokemon space. So anytime I get a gold card, I give it to him and he's helping me complete my evolution set and all these other things. And again, don't worry if you don't know the words I'm saying related to Pokemon. That's not the important thing here. The important thing here is to understand that I had a niche to create because I'm a creator at heart and I saw a big gaping hole in the space of Pokemon. Every creator that I saw in the space was doing pretty much the exact same thing. They were opening up cards. They were sharing their investment advice. 
they were buying mystery boxes, and the quality of all these videos were essentially the same. And I said, you know what? I have some really good equipment here in the, ho- in the house. I can make these cards look amazing. And I don't see anybody really talking about a lot of the lessons that one can be learned from investing in Pokemon cards. It was all about like, oh, get this card because the prices are gonna go up and this, this card's coming out on this date, make sure you get in now and, and all these kinds of things that were kind of cool. And you know, a lot of people are attracted to the money aspect of this. I did put Deep Pocket Monster in the title, but that's more of a way to bring people in and then keep them in when I teach them life lessons. And that's what I wanted to do on my YouTube channel. In fact, one of my first and most popular videos, which two days after publishing had seen over 4,000 views. And again, I'm brand new to the space. I'm not pretending to know what I'm doing. I literally tell people up front, I am brand new to this space. And that's the approach I'm taking, very similar to the approach I took on Food Trucker, which I had launched in 2014 and then sold in 2020. I'm not the expert here, but I'm learning as I go and come along with me on this journey. And that's the pitch. And so people are coming along for the ride and I'm sharing the lessons as I go. And that's exactly what I did on Smart Passive Income as well. Well, this video that had seen 4,000 views within about just a few days, and it was titled, This Collector's Mistake Could Have Cost Me Thousands. And of course, I know YouTube. I know to put a great title like that to get people intrigued to click because they don't wanna make the same mistakes either. I also know that a great thumbnail goes a very long way. And so the lessons learned in this video are not just about me buying and opening up packs, which I do, I do do that in my videos, but I tie in these lessons. And in this video, I talk about something that you've heard before, this idea that the riches are in the niches. And I teach a lesson about that. In fact, I bring a lot of my business advice into the space. And the idea being that if you try to collect every single Pokemon card in the world, you're going to either go flat broke or you're just not gonna have that much fun because you're not gonna be able to complete your collection along the way. And in fact, it's gonna be a lot harder for you to even know what to do or where to go or where to buy from or what the right prices are or anything because there's so many sub-niches in this space. There's vintage cards, there's modern cards, there's promo cards, there's error cards, all kinds of things. But when you niche your collection, like my son niching his collection to gold cards right now, decisions become a lot easier. FOMO goes out the window. And that's really important because I've seen it here. We've all experienced it. You see somebody who has something and you want it, you get it, even though you might not actually need it. And that happens all the time in the Pokemon space, in the entrepreneurial space, in the camera space, you get all this equipment and then you want it too. And so for example, my son, he knows that he would much rather spend his $20 commission on gold cards to help him complete his collection versus getting booster packs which are sealed and you don't know what's inside. And you can go through hundreds of packs before getting a gold card, but that's hundreds of dollars versus, okay, let's just spend a few on eBay. And and there's of course videos that I plan to create on negotiation, on eBay listing, on trading, and so much more stuff, right? I'm also telling a lot of stories in the videos as well, something that was missing from the space too. So here's exactly what I did. I did what I teach in my book, Will It Fly? I created a market map to help me understand more about who the players are in this space, who the people are, where the places are that they hang out and what they're buying and how much it goes for. That's exactly what I teach in my book, Will It Fly? So I did it, places. Okay, there's a bunch of Reddit channels where people are sharing what's hot right now or the investment advice. 
There's E4, which is another forum that I found. There's a whole mess of Facebook groups. There are some other channels on YouTube and other websites where people hang out. And then in the middle column, I've listed all the people, the people who have already earned the trust with this audience. And they each have their own style, which is really interesting. For example, there's a guy named PokeRev. His name is Nick, but he's known as PokeRev, like Pokemon Revolution. And he sells these really old vintage packs and he opens them up for people who buy them on the stream. And they're really amazing. He's really entertaining. He makes it fun. There's some rock music playing in the background. It's really, really entertaining. He'll have five to 6,000 people watching him live. And I've gotten so involved in that community that guess what? I've become a moderator for some of the live streams and I'm getting into the community. I'm providing value first before asking for anything in return and that's exactly what I did. I even reached out to Nick to offer some help with relation to his packaging, to his videos, to his audio and a really interesting story. Nick is actually somebody who used to listen to the podcast and subscribe to my newsletter. In fact, he still does. But he found me back in 2011, 2012 and he said that I inspired him to create new businesses. He created a lot of things related to Amazon and selling products online and eventually landed on Pokemon and it's now his full-time gig. And he's making bank doing it. In fact, he was on an interview here on the channel pretty recently. You can check that out in the show notes. And there's another guy, his name is S.M. Pratt. He has the most expensive card in Pokemon. It's a million dollar plus card. It's a trophy card. It's an illustrator. It's very, very rare. And it was given out only to like just a few people. And he has one and it's graded and it's just awesome. So he's like the trophy card guy. There's another guy named Pokemon Raider who has like a connection to every single person in the space. He also collects trophy cards and really rare, really expensive cards. Then there's a guy named Twice Baked Jake. And he's somebody who talks about the news and his style is very humbling, very sort of just casual. And he tells people what the latest sets are and what you can look forward to and just a little bit of investment advice here and there. I mean, there's all kinds of different people in this space. So when I got in and laid out the map, I told myself, okay, well, hmm, where am I gonna be in this? And already it's happening because I said, I wanna be the guy that tells great stories about these cards as I learn about them, as I do the research. I wanna be the guy that people go to and say, wow, Pat's videos are off the hook. It's like watching cinema, but with Pokemon cards. And the beauty is people touch and hold these Pokemon cards. I can get these videos as close to that as possible without people actually touching them, right? And I have this probe lens that I had that I was using for product stuff and it's, it's pretty cool. So I found my unique advantage, my unique selling proposition. And as we often hear, it's called the unfair advantage. My unfair advantage is I can, I can shoot these videos. Now, that doesn't mean if you're in a niche, you're like, ooh, I have to create really good videos to stand out. No, but I saw that hole and I've been filling it. So that's what the channel's about. And that's what the content is gonna be about. And I had mentioned a little bit about how I've gotten involved in some of the community. I'm gonna talk about it a little bit later because that's the most important lesson here. The idea of providing value and, and different ways to do that. In fact, I have something fun to share with you related to that very soon. Something new actually. But this was launched in December, 2020. First video came out, already started making noise, right? Which is pretty cool. But you might be like, Pat, okay, how do you even have the time for this? You know, 20% of your time, that might just be like the planning of the videos, setting up the channel, but who's editing these things? Who's doing all the work? I gotta tell you, I hired somebody. I'm just gonna be straight up and honest with you. I hired a person named Dan Patrick Norton. You might remember him if you've ever seen him on the live streams on the income stream in the morning on my YouTube channel, or perhaps around FlynnCon or some other events that I've been at. He's been at a lot of meetups that I've held, one in Philadelphia, in fact, at Podcast Movement. He's a great guy. 
And I reached out to him. He reached out to me. I can't remember who initiated it, but I think he, he offered to edit videos and give me a really good deal. And that's how I've been getting it done. So I have been investing in this. You know, it is, it is something that is a hobby thing, but I am investing in the documentation of these cards and putting them out there and finding my way through this space. And it's been really neat. It's been really, really neat to start over. You know, I don't quite yet have 4,000 hours of watch time, which is really important if you're trying to monetize your channel. You can't have ads on your stuff or can't create memberships or get super chats from your live streams if you don't have 4,000 hours of watch time. But I do have the required 1,000 subscribers because again, at the time of this recording, 1,300 subscribers. But the cool thing is just the connection with the community, really. And, and, and this is the cool thing about this community. And I think many communities are like this and, and, and you don't really know it. And obviously you can be very timid and scared going into a space. But when you approach it from a serve first attitude, which is exactly what I did, I started commenting on all these videos. I started getting involved in the live streams. I started reaching out individually to these people to see what I could do for them. And never did I ever mention that I was coming out with a channel. It wasn't until many of these people had said, wow, you've been so helpful. What can I do for you? And that's when I drop it. Oh, well, I'm actually creating a Pokemon YouTube channel and they're, and they're, they're so welcoming, right? And I'm not just talking, again, about the people in the Pokemon space. So the big lesson here is that when you start something new, a lot of planning can go a very, very long way. Planning in the sense of creating your market map, understanding who are the players out there and what your position is, right? You don't wanna just copy what everybody else is doing. It's really important to try and bring something unique. And in this case, it was some visuals, it was some storytelling and some of the good old Pat Flynn kind of style entertainment and dad jokes and things like that too. You know, and I think a lot of the older folks who are coming into the space as well, who maybe are a little bit embarrassed or feeling like, well, this is, this is when I was a kid. You know, I, there's a lot of kids still doing a lot of Pokemon related stuff. They see me as a father and as an older sort of generation or generation sort of X kind of person. And um, they're like, oh, I can relate to this guy, right? So a lot of fun, and it's been fun to launch the channel sort of straight away, right? Like literally from scratch, being able to design the things, being able to have fun with it, and just experimenting with a lot of the stuff that I've taken in from my experience as an entrepreneur, and especially on YouTube, and then implementing it from scratch, starting new. And I'm really excited because it's definitely making some noise. Now, I gotta say, it is a little bit different to be interviewed. I, like I said earlier, had been interviewed on a few Pokemon channels recently. And it's interesting because they do get into my story and they wanna talk about it a little bit. You know, they wonder how I've been able to build my investment so large so quickly or my collection so large so quickly. So I, I do have to talk about my story about getting laid off and how that turned into an entrepreneurial endeavor that has then allowed for freedom and time and freedom with money and how I'm now investing a lot of that money, not just into Tesla and clean energy and those kinds of stocks, but also cardboard with cute little cartoons on them. And it's really interesting because there's a whole market here. I mean, there are, there are YouTube channels that literally go into the analytics of the market and, and what's being sold and for how much today. It's really, really fun and really different. And again, I can bring my kids in on it with me and they're making smart decisions. I can teach life lessons related to investing, trading, negotiation and whatnot just through the medium of Pokemon, which is really neat. So again, the big lesson here, serving first, providing value. And I just wanted to give you some insight. And of course, this is an ongoing experiment. This is what I like to consider a new version of my niche site duel. 
right? This was back in 2010. I started a website in a completely different space, something that I didn't have experience with. That was security guard training. And in 73 days, I got it to number one in Google. And ever since then, it's been making one to $2,000 a month on autopilot. And I recently sold that business again in early 2020. So same thing with Food Trucker. Starting from scratch, experimenting, iterating on whatever is working, removing what's not, and then honing in on a strategy to generate an income through books and through products that we had sold. And that business had made over six figures, sold it the end of 2019, at the start of 2020 as well. Who knows where this is gonna go though? Because it really is feeling like a fun side project that I could work on and bring some of my Pat Flynn entrepreneurial flavor into. And I've been making noise in this space in a way that is is really, it's just, it again shows me and, and hopefully it shows you that you can come into a space new and still be able to provide value because honestly, the channel growing is just a result of that. It's not because I'm spending money on large amounts of Pokemon cards. It's not because I have the most fancy camera equipment. I was asked, what can I do to help you or what people could do to help me before the channel was even a thing? It all comes from providing value first. So if you want to check out this channel, maybe you have some kids or maybe you yourself are into Pokemon, you can check it out, Deep Pocket Monster on YouTube. You could see me in a different stage, if you will, and you can see how much fun we're having with the videos and the editing and some of the fun jokes and whatnot over there. It's been really fun. It's been really neat. And I've been learning a ton of new stuff. You're never too old to learn new stuff, you know. But I do want to talk about this thing about value. And here's what's going to happen. This is brand new. We're trying something out new here. But starting this week, Starting this week, we're going to start coming out with a second episode during the week. So now you will have two episodes of the Smart Passive Income podcast every week. The second episode of the week, which will come out on Fridays, will always be a solo episode with me, or most likely always be with me. It's going to be much shorter, and we're going to deep dive on a topic specific from the episode earlier that week. So let's say, for example, I bring, I don't know, Amy Porterfield onto the podcast and we talk about Facebook ads, right? And of course, I wanna be sensitive to the fact that this is our opportunity to chat with Amy and bring her knowledge to the show. So I'm not gonna talk a whole bunch. I'm gonna ask questions and learn. But then on Friday, you're gonna hear from me about Facebook ads and my own experience with it and some stories that I have to share to go deeper and some lessons pulled from the conversation with Amy. So this week, we're gonna try that for the first time. So in episode 264, you're gonna hear me this coming Friday or the next episode after this, talk about what it means to be providing value to others who are in a space that you wanna get into. How might you attract an influencer, a leader, an authority in a space in a way that you can do it without feeling needy, without feeling desperate, without coming across that way and doing it in a genuine way where you can get people interested back in return. And so we're gonna go deep into that. I'm gonna give you more specifics on exactly what I did to provide value to some of these creators that then allowed them to wanna help me too. And that's what I absolutely love. I mean, it even got to the point where I, I, I saw this later, and this is the, the interesting thing. I saw some people in the comment section of videos that I was on for a podcast. One of them said something like, man, I saw this guy everywhere. And it was almost kind of getting annoying because he seemed to be everywhere. And I wasn't sure if he was actually genuine. But now that I hear him on the podcast, I can totally see that he was always coming from a place of service. And I absolutely love that comment because number one, I was showing up. And the fact of the matter is people were even seeing me doing it. 
And number two, the fact that they learn that I'm providing value and that all this initial success I have with the channel is well-deserved is is very great. I, I absolutely love that. And that's the approach I want you to take too. So even if you're not starting out, there's always ways that you can reach out to others, colleagues, friends, partners, and help them first. And again, make sure you subscribe if you haven't already so you don't miss the second episode of the week where we're gonna talk about specifically providing value to people in the space that you're in. Because as a byproduct of that, you might get something back in return. Now, we don't do it specifically to get something back in return. I don't want you to approach it like, ooh, there's a person. I want to help them so that they will help me do this. That is the byproduct. But you have to truly want to help make that person's life easier, better, more convenient. And examples in specific ways that I've done that coming soon. I hope you enjoy this sort of double show format. It allows us to stay in you know, closer contact with each other. It allows me to go deeper, especially after interview episodes. And I'm really excited. I'm really excited for that. So make sure to check that out. Thanks again for being here. And for those of you who are subscribed, I appreciate that so much. And all the reviews that have been coming in already this year, I keep track of them all and they make me happy. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'm looking forward to uh, chatting with you later this week about providing value so that you can take some specific strategies that I teach you and actually implement it right away, even within the next week. So make sure you subscribe once again. Thanks so much for coming in. I appreciate you. And as always, Team Flynn for the win. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI. And today, I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point. So I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray. And in it, they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure and it always finds a bright side. I really love it, and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.